Welcome to That's Her Business. I'm your host, Rosie Allen. On this podcast, you'll find conversations with entrepreneurs, corporate ladder climbers, and generally just real women working in business like you. Consider us your work bestie, here to provide some actionable advice on the day-to-day grind. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Elizabeth Gascoigne, the founder and CEO of Absence of Proof, a non-alcoholic event curation company that's bringing sober curiosity to nightlife. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, So I'll let you kind of start and introduce yourself to everyone. Amazing. Hi, everyone. So my name is Elizabeth. I am founder and CEO of Absence of Proof, which is a non-alcoholic event curation company with an e-commerce arm um, and expanding into some other things, too. So I'm still working on the elevator pitch, but uh, I would say we're all things non-alcoholic is what we try to be. That's awesome. So... How did you kind of get started, break it down for us and and tell us all about it? Um, The podcast is really about women who build up their businesses and try to give others some background to kind of demystify the process of like, how did you come up with this idea? Um, Like, where did it all start? Yeah, so I first started experimenting with being alcohol-free or sober curious when I was 18 and 19 mm-hmm. years old. I felt like I partied a lot in my teenage years. It was did not lead to good outcomes for me. Um, and so I got to a point later in my teenage years where I was like, this does not belong in my life. Um, so I went sober for a year and I told myself, like, I'm just going to see what happens if I cut out alcohol for a year. And in that year, my life completely did a 180. Um, I got my yoga teacher certificate. I got into the college that I wanted to go to. And then at the end of that year, I was like, why would I reintroduce alcohol when it's been so positive for me to not have it in my life? Um, So then I remained sober for two more years. Um, And then when I moved to New York and kind of right before I moved to New York, I was in my early 20s. And I was like, I think that I can introduce alcohol in moderation. Um, And I did. And I felt like it was fine and, you know, it wasn't destructive, um, but it also wasn't additive. And I wanted to be very intentional, especially as I kind of tested my wings in the uh, entrepreneurial world. I wanted to be very intentional that like everything that was invited into my life needed to have a a productive um, part of it. Purpose, exactly. Yeah. Um, So I removed alcohol from my life about a year ago. And when I did, I think like the classic entrepreneurial thing is like find a problem and solve it. Right. So like Mm -hmm. the problem for me was that I had nothing to do at night anymore. My social life felt very different than it previously did, particularly in a city like New York, where it's all about the fast paced nightlife city that never sleeps. Um, Yeah. And so I was like, I need something to do. And so I was also at a place in my corporate job where I felt like while I was really grateful for everything that it had given me, I didn't feel like I wanted the promotion or the next step in the corporate ladder climb. Like that was just not Mm -hmm. interesting to me. Um, So I hit a point where I was like, okay, now it's time to start a company. And it happened to kind of align with when I was wanting places to not drink. So I was like, I'm just going to start throwing non-alcoholic parties and see who shows up. Um, and luckily, <laughs> people, luckily, a lot of people kept showing up. And so it, um, it kind of spiraled into a full business. And I'm now officially full-time, which is amazing. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. It was That's a big awesome. 
yeah but yeah, that's kind of the, a, the story the gist that no congratulations on that like that's a huge huge thing transferring over from your corporate job to making your business full-time um tell us a little bit about like that first event how did you get people to go like who did you invite how did you get the yeah. word out there so I literally begged all my friends, of course. <laughs> I was like, please show up. Like, this is going to be so embarrassing if I'm like, I'm starting a company and like no one shows up, which wouldn't have been the end of the world. you got to start somewhere. But um, all my friends came and then they told all their friends. So shout out. I just have the best community. But um, more so, I would say it was TikTok and social media. I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, I'm bootstrapped. So I don't have a huge marketing budget for paid advertising or anything like that. And so everything right. that I do is organic. Um, so I just started posting like insane amounts on TikTok and Instagram. Um, like to the point where you're like, is this annoying? Like, am I going to get people to unfollow me because they are seeing my face every single day? Um, but if you, if anyone listening is starting a business, I cannot emphasize enough, like lean into social media. It's free marketing. Um, and it's also a way to, to actually build um, community and engage customers rather than like selling people something, um, which I think is part of the reason we've had success is that uh, people really feel like they're part of a community with us and not like I'm a business selling them something. Right. So are you seeing a lot of repeat customers throughout your events? Yes, we are, which is like the best. I think it really has become almost like not a social club in like the exclusivity part, but like a social club in that you see the same people, you know what to expect. Like, um, yeah, which I think in a city like New York is really special because the city is so large. And if you're not intentional about seeing the same people, you could literally make a new friend every single day and never maintain friendships. And so seeing the same people repeatedly, I think is really awesome. Yeah, for sure. It kind of gives you that neighborhood bar effect where exactly. like you walk down the street, you see all the same people. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's really awesome that you were able to create that. Thank you. Um, it's really fun. I think my question, my next question is like, how do you set up your business model? So when you like just down to brass tacks, how do you make money from the parties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would think about it. The best way that I explain it is like events. Um, think about like how anybody makes money from events. So it's between ticket sales and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I've grown a social media following um which you now become an influencer and influencers make money by sponsorships as well. So uh, I also have an e-commerce platform that we sell product on. So I like to be as diversified in my revenue streams as possible. (laughs) Um, It limits the risk so that, you know, let's say no one shows up to my event on Friday, like knock on wood, but like that's a possibility. And I've already invested a lot of capital in that event. So if I come out with a loss, at least I have five other income streams that are making me profitable. Um, so I would say that for a new business, if you're not planning on raising, which I I have mixed feelings about raising investment, but if you're not mm-hmm. planning on raising, try to find as many different things that can be bringing in revenue for your business as possible. Yeah, I think that that's, that's amazing advice. Um, I want to talk a little bit just to give listeners some background on like non-alcoholic in general, um, just to give you background, I was with I work in spirits, so my oh, cool. industry is alcohol through and through, and has been for the past like eight to ten years. Oh my gosh! That's um, but I think in New York City, we're seeing like really. I mean, I'm sure it's also established on the West Coast, but uh, I'm an East Coast girl, so yeah. in New Shout York out. City, I think we <laughs> we're seeing such like interesting, interesting growth in the non-alcoholic space. 
Um, so just to give listeners some perspective, like in New York liquor stores, you can't sell anything that is non-alcoholic. So the way you have to market your non-alcoholic product is really difficult because it either has to be sold in like a grocery store or like a corner store. And it's kind of hard to, I don't know, break through the category. So Mm-hmm. We have seen a couple non-alcoholic liquor stores pop up and distributors, um, but otherwise e-commerce, like you said, is an amazing form of distribution. Totally. And I think what's really interesting, I actually, that fact that you said about not being able to sell in liquor stores, I had no idea until I started Absence that that was, that was true. And so I think that's why we see a lot of non-alcoholic bottle shops popping up as well. Um, it creates like a siloed space to browse the non-alcoholic sections because if unless you are sober, like if you're even just like sober curious or maybe want to drink less, you, the likelihood of you going online and buying a really expensive product right off the bat is probably pretty low. And so I think that non-alcoholic right. bottle shops, non-alcoholic bars provide a low barrier to entry to learning more about like what is this stuff, um, which I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm assuming you know a lot more than most about the like non-alcoholic consumer And I myself have just started like tasting some of these products. Um, I know a lot of them are like celebrity backed with Bella Hadid having her own brand and Katy Perry. Um, And a lot of them have adaptogens in them. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering, do you feel like people are really looking for an experience that's like almost similar to the feelings that alcohol gives you? Or do you feel like it's not necessary. People are just looking for something to do and like something to have in their hand that tastes good. Yeah, it's such a good question. And I think it really depends. So I think for people that maybe drink sometimes, um, they really like to drink because they like the feeling that it gives them. Um, But maybe they don't Mm -hmm. like the hangovers. Maybe they don't like the side effects. Maybe they don't like the way they act, et cetera. Um, And so having something that can still make you feel a little bit buzzed without those negative consequences, I think, can be a really great value add for people. Um, And then you have folks who are completely sober and have had a history with alcoholism and they don't want any sort of intoxicant because it could be triggering. Um, So we have Mm -hmm. both of those types of people that come to our events. So our main priority is obviously making sure that everyone feels safe um, there. And so we don't have a lot of products that make you feel buzzed. Um, However, I could see us incorporating that. We just want to make sure that it would be like disclaimer, you know, all of those things. Um, But for me personally, I don't identify as sober really. I identify as like alcohol free. Um, So I'm super open Mm -hmm. to those things. I think kava is awesome. Um, I think CBD beverages, awesome. All of those things. Yeah. And I'm sure that they have a lot more of those like well-established on the West Coast. Um, I feel like CBD products are still like catching up here, but mm-hmm. there's still some like weird licensing. <laughs> maybe not. No, no, no. I agree. Um, I think the licensing and the legalities of CBD are still a little bit complicated in New York, where California, it's like literally do whatever you want. Um, so I think that we'll start to see over the next couple of years. I think it's also going to be very interesting um, as like uh, psilocybin and mushrooms become more legalized um, and seeing yes, those come up in products too. Um, so yeah, so Absence Approved as a company is... Oh God. Um, I have no, talked no, to no, people that... Um, I've talked to people who um, are interested in developing products in that space, but the legalities are still 
are still really rough and tough. So I think as soon as it does become legal, we'll start to see a lot of products pop up. Um, and yeah, I mean, one thing that I've thought about absence of proof itself is a company that is about like sober curiosity, not having a ton of um, like other additive things. But as a personal mm-hmm. note, I think it's very interesting how non-alcoholic cocktails could go with something like weed or whatever, um, because you don't want to be mixing alcohol and weed, yeah, obviously. I agree. I agree. I also think like as other states legalize, I know um, Matt, I just did a podcast interview. It's not released yet with someone who works in cannabis. And she was saying Mm -hmm. in Massachusetts where she lives and works, they already have lounges popping up. And I feel like that's like a goes hand in hand with a non-alcoholic beverage. Totally. Yeah. No, I think we're going to see a socializing change a lot over the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. Um, And so I just wanted to talk really quickly about your e-commerce website if you want to tell people kind of what they can find on there. And then um, if you can, just tell us like how did you kind of partner with these brands and be able to distribute them? Were they super open or was it was it kind of tough to get in? Yeah, you know, I think with any business, it's a momentum thing. So like when I first started to reach out brands, I had like zero followers on Instagram, like hadn't thrown an event and they were like, who is this person? Like there was no trust that there yet. Um, and over the right. last seven months, uh, thankfully, I would say we've grown. So there's a lot more trust from brands and it's a lot easier to have those conversations. Um, but I, so I worked at Amazon up until two weeks ago. So my background is e-commerce and I really love it and understand the scalability of it. Um, So it was really important to me to have at least part of the business that was incredibly scalable. Um, And uh, so, yeah, so um, I also would get a lot of requests on Instagram for folks that lived in cities that absence of proof was not yet expanded to. And they were like, look, we want these options, but there's no Boisson. There's no non-alcoholic bottle shops here. Like, where can I get these? And I didn't have an answer. So then I just decided to build one. Um, so built the website, talked to brands, and uh, yeah, here we are. And went from there. Do you ship the products out directly? Like, are they housed with you, or did does it like connect to to their websites? Or yeah, something? so so I work with the brands for shipping. Um, again, being bootstrapped, we don't have a we don't have a warehouse. We don't have any of that. Uh, that's also yeah. not my expertise, and I really I don't want to get involved in anything that I have no idea how to do. Um, so we work with the brands to uh, to make sure that shipping and all of that is handled smoothly. No, that that makes perfect sense, and I love that you basically transferred your skill set from your kind of nine to five Amazon job into your current business. I think that's awesome that you were able to do that and Thank expand you. from there. That's really cool. Yeah, I have a lot of people I feel like that ask like, like, how do you quit corporate? I don't want to be in corporate, like all of those things. But like, I would say lean into your corporate job as much as you possibly can and learn everything you can. Like the resources and education that Amazon has and could give me versus me being on my own is insane. Um, So if you're at a corporate job and you're like, I don't like this, like, obviously try to work backwards from how you quit, but learn everything you possibly can. Cause it's an incredible resource. I mean, Amazon was like grad school to me. Like I learned everything. Yeah, I agree. I think that people don't talk about that enough and you can kind of rework your experience there. So you're, that you're not like unhappy in your job and that you are actually like collecting skills that will, will lead you in the future or help you get either another job or start your own business for sure. 
So I read recently, maybe even today, <laughs> that you were moving the business to the West Coast. Yeah, Do you want to talk are. about that? <laughs> Absolutely. I think with any business, you get to a point where you're like, okay, how do I scale? How do I expand? Um, how do I do what I did here successfully in other places? Um, mm-hmm. And LA was a really, I would say, easy choice for us to go next. Um, I lived in LA right after college, so I know the city pretty well. And the health and wellness community there is crazy. Like it is so much more so, I think, than New York. Um, and yeah. so I think that there's already a trend of sober curiosity there. And so now right. we can go and serve that market. Um, so that's how we decided on LA. Uh and yeah, we've got a team out there that's going to be basically me there. Um, and I am very, very nervous. But I think with <laughs> any type of growth, um, you got to just lean into it and try. It's like, I feel the same way about LA expansion that I feel about my first pop-up, where it's like this unknown territory, no idea if anyone's going to show up or if I'm going to make any money, but like, I'm going to, tr- we're going to try. Um, so trying to just have like yeah. a go with the flow attitude. Absolutely. I mean, that's just the nature of like change and transformation. So I'm sure every business has that in, in most every single step of the way. Like this won't be your last time feeling like that. And it'll be like at a point of expansion. Yeah. But I think you're right in the fact that LA already has the basis and like your customers are already primed and prepped and like ready to go out there. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. We're selling we're, t- we're selling tickets pretty well, honestly. Um, and we're still a month out. So hopefully that continues. <laughs> That's awesome. So who is, what's going to happen to your parties in New York? Are you going to bounce back and forth? um, Or do you have a team here that's kind of going to execute them for you? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'm going out there for the launch parties. And that'll be my plan for every city that we launch in, just to make sure that the team out there feels ready, feels supported. Um, And also, I would love to meet the the new communities out there. Um, And then yes, my New York team will be running events while I'm gone. Um, And my home base will still be New York. So once we have launched in the cities that we plan on launching, hopefully it'll be a little bit hands off and I can be in New York running like the the national expansion from here. Awesome. Um, That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming. I don't have any other questions for you, but if there's anything else that you want to talk about or any other advice you want to give entrepreneurs that are starting out or thinking about starting or scaling their business, I'll, I'll leave you with the floor. Yeah, no, totally. I think it's such a good question in terms of advice. And honestly, I think the biggest thing for me was like, the fear of starting is never going to go away. Like I, every single day, I still have fear of like, what are people going to say? What do I do if I fail? All of these things. But like, learning to take messy action through that fear is the only way that anything ever gets built. Like, I don't think anything great ever started with somebody with full confidence. I think everyone is kind of like clumsing their way through. Um, And so don't be afraid to like, just start and just try to do something. Um, If you feel like it's a good idea, you're probably not the only one that will resonate with it. So uh, yeah, just, just send it and then figure it out as you go. That's my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Of course. Great chatting with you. Thank you for listening to That's Her Business. I'm your host, Rosie Allen. If you want more information about Elizabeth and Absence of Proof, I will leave her information in the show notes. And if you're in New York or California, be sure and try to catch an event near you. See you next time.